Welcome to episode 28 of the Daniel Yoris podcast with today's guest, Susan Niebergall. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. I'm joined here today by Susan Niebergall. I'm so honored to have her on the podcast. She's a coach. She's a podcaster. She's a writer. She's a YouTuber. She's a mother. She's a wonderful person. And I'm here and we're going to have a great conversation. So Susan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be able to see you and uh, and uh, chat. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, it would be. We were just talking about flying and, and you know getting around, and it would be so nice to. It would, it would be really easy to just kind of get around and do all these podcasts in person all the time. And I mean, you know, the the time is one thing. The the financial aspect of that is another thing. Flying everybody around the country for for a couple hour conversation is is quite an investment. But you know, maybe one day we'll get there. I would love to. I would. I think that would be the coolest thing ever, to be honest. <laughs> I did. I did a couple. So while I'm here in Naples, you know, my, my listeners and followers might know might know that, but um, I connected with a couple people here, and there's like a little co working space here that we've been able to record a couple podcasts out of, and they've got all like the you know the super high tech equipment, and recording it in person is definitely it's a little bit different than than over Zoom. Zoom is great, but I mean. It's a little different in person. Yeah, I would love to do that sometime. I think that would be such a great experience. Actually have a conversation live in person. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a concept. And, and when you do when you do your podcasts with with Jordan and whoever, you guys do those in person when, when you so, meet up? Yeah. So uh, on my podcast, Jordan and I, um, we record every time he and I work together every month. Um, it's either we record one on my podcast or we record one on his. Yeah. And we're sitting right next to each other. And so, and so that's kind of fun. I mean, because we just kind of shoot the breeze, you know, um, it, 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 there's something to be said for that. Right. Yeah. I mean, zoom is great. Like you said, it's great to be able to see a face and still have kind of that kind of eye contact and conversation. Um, but yes, in person is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. And the, the convenience of uh, of Zoom is is great as well. You know, we yeah. can go across time zones, across the world, and all that stuff. But there's something to be said about being in person, and you know, to sort of you know bring this back into the into the gym a little bit is like, I think that you know, so I'm from Toronto, so you know, gyms have been closed and whatever, and with all the COVID, blah blah. I don't want to you know spend. It's hard not to talk about it, but like every single conversation seems to be surrounded by COVID somehow. But yeah. this you know in person training in the gym has been really missing from a lot of people. And I saw, you know, your story the other, or that last week that your gym is, uh, is closing. And I mean, that's like, that's so sad. And thankfully, you know, there's another place you guys can train, but it's not really not good. No, it, you know, the, the in-person thing, and I love in-person, I, I miss that because I don't do really much of that at all anymore. Um, because the online stuff has grown, but, um, I'm a teacher by trade. I, I'm an educator. And so I love to teach. And um, that's why I like to do a lot of exercise form videos and stuff like that on Instagram, because that's what I love to do. And um, I miss that connection every now and again, you know, and, and, and that's why also I love going to a gym to work out. I have stuff here. I can work out here in my house without any problem, but I don't, I choose to go out of my house to work out because I'm, I'm that kind of person. I like to be around people. Um, you know, you have your gym friends, you really don't know their names, really most of them, <laughs> <laughs> but they're always there the same times you are. It becomes your crew. You know, you, it, it, it's just one of those things in, in our gym in particular had, has a great culture to it, especially for us midday crew that, that, that are there in the middle of the day. Um, so yeah, it was devastating when they said they were closing and it's all financial, you know, yeah. they're, they're under a parent company that owns a bunch of gyms. And I guess financially, that one was the one they opted to, to to close, which ironically, I've been to see some of the other choices we have. 
Um, I will say this, our gym is by far the cleanest, the most organized, the most up to date with equipment. And yet we're the one that's closing. And I'm like, ah, dagger. (laughs) It's, it's such a tough, tough thing to like switch gyms. It's a new environment. It's new people, new smells, new sounds, new things. And it's like you, it's so hard to get comfortable, you know, even for us fitness people, right? It's still difficult to get comfortable being in the gym and lifting weights and sweating and making noise around strangers. And now you got to do that all again. Right? You know, I'm so glad you brought this up because I think I'm going to be documenting um, on how my transition into a different gym because when even when I walked in to look at these different facilities, people were looking at me, you know, and, and I automatically felt what people feel with gym intimidation, right? I know they're not really looking. I mean, they might glance at me, but they're not like looking at me, but that's what I felt, you know, like the new kid at school walking into the class for the first time or something, you internalize all of this stuff. And most of it, we catastrophize to the point where it's really, it's not like that, but we internally, that's what we feel. I felt that way just looking at these other facilities. So I really, I relate to all of the people out there that may be a little intimidated to go to a gym. I get it. And I'm this, I'm feeling anxious about transitioning already. And I'm not going to be really transitioning till the end of the month officially, but I think I'm going to dip my toe in a couple of different places to take them for a spin before, you know? Um, So I think I'm going to document that because I totally relate to that feeling. It's super uncomfortable. And like you said, even for us who we know what we're doing, we we know how to work out and all that kind of, we have our programs. It's still anxiety producing, isn't it? Right? Yeah, it is. It it was something that I noticed as well in the past couple of weeks, you know, leaving Toronto and getting down to Florida, you know, coming to a new gym, haven't been in a gym in months because things have been closed and like, you know, come down here, new environment and, and, you know, different culture because it's Florida, not Toronto. Right. So there's yeah. a little bit of that. That's a, that's a little bit different. Um, and, you know, it's just I've also been in private gyms. I've been lucky to, you know, be working and training and whatever in private gyms. And so that's very different where I know everybody by, you know, first name basis in the gym. There's, you know, four or five people in the gym, not, you know, 50. And then I come back to an LA fitness here, which is a great gym here in Naples. Mm-hmm. And um but, you know, there's tons of people, tons of equipment, you know, you got people doing all the all the crazy stuff. And I've been sort of, you know, documenting it on a on a on a funny note. You know, I had a couple mishaps. Someone dropped some weight off a bar because they you know refused to use the clips and and broke my phone. And so that was, you know, a little bit a little bit annoying. But it's like, you know, these are the these are the things that happen in public gyms. And, and you know, you just kind of you, you got to deal with it. That's more than annoying. But OK, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Oh, ouch. I'm so sorry. I, no, I, I just feel like in, in my facility, we've been so spoiled with the culture, with the space. I mean, it's big, but there's lots of open space. You don't have machine on top of machine on top of machine, which one of the facilities I'm testing, that's how it is. I walked in and it was just like overload, like, oh my God, there's so much stuff here and everything's on top of each other. There's no room to breathe. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be an adjustment. I mean, and we all adjust, like I was new at this place at one point in time too. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but change is hard. And especially as you get older, like any kind of change is hard at my age, anything is hard. And this, after having been at a gym for almost 10 years, this is super hard. You know, it's like part of, part of my, my family is going away and I just don't like that feeling. But I mean, I, I'm lucky enough that our dues are super low, but they're letting us have access to gyms that cost more than what we're paying. Right. So, I mean, they're trying really hard, obviously to accommodate us. Um, so, you know, you, I'll, I'll make the best of it, but it is scary. And I can relate to everybody yeah. with the gym intimidation thing. I can totally relate. 
do you have any sort of maybe strategy kind of going into it that, you know, off the top of your head before it kind of starts would be, you know, useful for someone, you know, putting yourself back in that person's shoes who are yeah. getting back into the gym, you know, post COVID or getting into the gym for the first time ever? Like, what is your kind of game plan going into it? Well, you know, if you're just getting back to it after like COVID long layoff and stuff, I would just make sure, I mean, and it, it was your gym, like you, you, you know, the facility, make sure you know exactly what you're going to do when you go in there. Like, don't wing it. Don't say, well, what do I feel like doing today? You mm-hmm. know, have a plan, have a program, have it written down. If you need to review videos on how to do things, do all that before you go. So when you go there, you're focused, you're driven, you just go. Because otherwise, if you don't, you may just randomly go over and do some bicep curls and randomly go over and do some pull downs and call it a day. And and you will have not made use of your time anywhere near as good as you could have had you been organized. And I will tell people this, if you've, if you've not really ever been into a gym and you joined a gym and you really want to go, but you are scared, what I would do, I would, I would set foot in the gym, go, go to those cardio machines where you might be more comfortable. You know, if you want to go walk on a treadmill, go walk on a treadmill in your facility or the elliptical or the bike or whatever you like, go do that in your facility, get used to the vibe, what it feels like to be there, you know, and do that a couple of times. That'll get you in the door. And then maybe you take a class, you know, because then you don't have to think of what to do, right? You take a class maybe, and maybe you're going to like that class and you want to keep going, or maybe you find another class or whatever. And then if you're really new to all this, I always recommend hiring a trainer um, for at least a handful of sessions just to get you around the facility, get you into a program that you could do on your own check for your form to make sure you're doing it safely, those kinds of things. You don't have to like work with them forever, but enough to get you going. And then you're going to build confidence, right? And then you can just do, do it on your own. Um, and I think that's super important. Um, and, and a lot of times when you join a gym, you get a couple of free sessions, right? Um, out of the gate as, as, a, as a new member, take advantage of those. I think they help a lot. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that any good trainer would also not want you to stay with them in person for forever, right? right. Un- unless you just absolutely love it and, you know, you've got the money to, to spend on it, then, you know, by all means, you know, <laughs> do that. But any good trainer doesn't want, they kind of want you to graduate so that you can do it on your own. So don't feel, you know, to anyone listening that you have to stay with that person for forever. They're, if they're good at what they do, their feelings are not going to be hurt when you say, hey, I don't need, you know, you to hold my hand all the time anymore, right? I, I think I th- that's, yeah, 100% true. Yeah, but I think that that's a great idea is just even going on the cardio machine and just, you know, spending time in the gym, right? You don't need to rush. And if you do hire a trainer, you end up, sure, it's a little bit more expensive, you know, up front, but you're going to save yourself so much time and so much headache Headache and so much like insecurity and and possibly injuries and stuff as well that it will certainly like if you kind of dollar you know uh, what's the word like analyze all that cost then it's for sure worth it. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's definitely going to be worth whatever investment it is, um, and the just even the confidence that you're going to get from that is going to be worth it. Every penny of it. Yeah, I often see people coming into the gym and they look around and they find a machine that's open. And then they go to that. Mm-hmm. And then I think that that's, you know, they're doing themselves a disservice, like you said, because you're just not getting the bang for your buck of time in the gym if you're just doing, you know, whatever machines open. And by that same token, like if in your plan is to do pull downs and, you know, someone's using the pull down machine, don't be afraid to go up and ask them to to work in or how many sets they've got left. Like take up take up your space like you you deserve to be there just as much as anybody else. A hundred percent. You know, and 
one thing that Jordan and I always say to our inner circle members, you know, strength training and that whole experience, it's not supposed to be comfortable. And this is part <laughs> of that. You know, um, if you are completely comfortable with the, the amount of weight that you're lifting, you're probably not lifting enough weight. You know, you are stronger than you think. And, and some of those social situations, like what you're saying, ask if you could work in or how many more sets they have or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of uncomfortable at the beginning, but you're going to find that most people are super accommodating and really nice. And the same thing goes, if you need a spot or like, if you're bench pressing or something, you want somebody to help you, um, and, and oftentimes it's just having that person behind you there in case is all you need. Um, so many people are willing to do that and um, will be encouraging to you and really, you know, congratulating you and help, you know, it's just, it's a great environment for, for the most part. And you know that there are always individual little jerks in every facility. I mean, that's life, right? <laughs> but we can't let those people deter us from doing what we want to do and, and reaching our goals, you know? Right. No, I think that that's so important and, and, and so well said is, you know, you have to be able to do that thing by yourself and, and don't let other people stop you for feelings. And, you know, like you were mentioning previously about, you know, thinking that everyone's looking at you, everybody else also thinks that everyone's looking at them. Right. And so it's, it's a weird thing that we do as humans. I believe it's known as the spotlight effect where everyone, you know, we all think that we're looking, everyone's looking at us, but everyone's thinks that as well. So, you know, just worry about yourself. I mean, no one really I've never cares. heard a name put to it before, but that's perfect. The spotlight effect. We all do this, right? Yeah. I, I, I just did this the other day walking <laughs> into a new gym. Isn't yeah. that funny how we just go there? Um, logically, we know, I mean, uh, logically, I know people are not staring at me. So, you know, I can, I can feel that emotion briefly and then put it over here and then keep going. Right. I'm not going to turn around and walk out because I feel like people are staring at me. You know, I feel like that takes me back to middle school when I was a middle school counselor and dealing with the girls and, and that, that was their thing. Everyone's looking at me, you know, no, really no one's <laughs> looking at you, trust me. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Um, when you got into the gym, because you kind of entered the gym and fitness a little bit later in life, you know, you didn't start when you were when you were a child. Well, actually, no, um, I, I started making significant changes much later in life. But I've been in, the, in a gym since 1990 something. OK. And, okay. and I start. And I, even before that I did like jazzercise, right. That wasn't in a gym. That was like in a church or something. I don't know where that was. <laughs> I don't, I have very little recollection of it, which is probably good. Um, but I did classes. Like I went in and did back then the classes were all high intensity aerobic kind of classes, lots of jumping, hooping and hollering, tons of energy, a little bit of weights at the end, you know, but the community aspect of it was phenomenal. And that kept all of us going back. For, and, and to get with certain instructors that you liked, you know, you wanted with that crew or whatever. Um, that's how I started. And, and then I could see the, the free weight section over off to one side. And I started looking at what they were doing and seeing the trainers. And eventually I worked my way over there, hired a trainer. So I've kind of been in and out of the gym for a long time. But what I could never do over decades is put together the whole nutrition piece and a training piece to, to reach my goals, which I never did. Right. I, I would do the yo-yo dieting, um, overly restrict, not be able to do it, you know, gain some back and, you know, lose a little gain some more da, 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 all over the place. And then I would find these trainers throughout the years 
all of which taught me stuff, but never addressed nutrition, right? So in my head, I'm thinking, well, I'll just work harder in the gym and just I'll kind of out-train it all, right? And of course, you know, you can't do that. So really, I've been in the gym for a while, but never really put it all together till about like seven years ago. And that, I mean, I'm 61 now, so that would have been like around 54-ish, something like that. Right. Um, I, I want to ask you sort of about the the empowering feeling of doing that because I can imagine I'm obviously you know a little bit younger and and I was kind of I, I hadn't didn't go through this large transformation in my life but this feeling of you know getting from that you know the jazzercise classes to lifting the the, the big boy and big girl weights like I saw yesterday on your story you're you know you're rowing the seventies like that's super impressive that's not you know rowing the fifteens and calling it oh my god it's such a tough workout and you know, just to qualify that, like if the 15s are, you know, you're heavy, then then by all means, like, you know, do that heavy is very yeah. relative, but it's super empowering to, to gain that strength and gain that confidence. It, it 100% is. And, and it's hard to adequately describe what that's like, to be honest. It, it The words don't do it justice. But I will say this, if any of you have experienced what lifting heavy weight will do for you. You know exactly what we are talking about here, but it is a confidence that not only applies to the gym, but you find confidence in other areas of your life. It bleeds over. It trans it transfers over into all aspects of your life. Maybe you're going to walk a little taller. Maybe you are not afraid to speak your mind anymore. Maybe you start a business after you've retired from the education system for 33 <laughs> years, like I did. You know, things things that you would never have done before can stem from the confidence of being able to lift some heavy weight, whether that's off the ground, put it over your head or press it, pull it, what, whatever it is. But it is hard to describe. But those of you that are lifting heavy weight that are in the gym, you know exactly what we're talking about. And it's something that I think I've always, I've always, I'm always a proponent of strength training, but I think it's a requirement as you get older. I just look at it that way. It has to be part of your life. It's that important for a functional life moving on for the rest of your life. And it doesn't mean you have to love it or it has to dominate your life. But if you love to do classes and that kind of thing, you need to do that, that, that needs to be a focus, but strength training has to be a part of your life somehow, because the benefits the meaning like the confidence we're talking about, or even just the physical benefits from, from strength training, like being able to pick something up off the floor, getting up yourself off the floor, going up and down steps, playing with your grandkids, um, lifting something off a shelf, whatever our life has us do every day, we can do that because we're strong, yes. you know? Yes. And, and after watching my elderly parents deteriorate, um, in strength and in everything, I vowed that will never be me. Like I will do everything in my control to make sure that I continue to build muscle and continue to build strength as long as I can. Um, because it's just, you know, I want to be able to live a functional, healthy, happy life for as long as I can too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love everything that you just said there. And, and I was so happy that you went the kind of like outside of the physical benefits root a little bit because that's what I'm always trying to get at in the podcast here. And, and it's and it's amazing how it always comes out naturally without me like bringing it out of people because like all of us who have done this, we know that like, yeah, being strong, having big muscles, like that's cool. It's great to deadlift a couple times your body weight and whatever, all that stuff. That's awesome. But what really matters more is like the confidence that you get outside of the gym, the, you know, the, the determination to do other things in your life and the ability to just enjoy your life through like, you know, the meat wagon that we've been provided with through this physical yeah. body. And like, you know, we, you know, many of us have grandparents, some of us, you know, 
are not as lucky anymore. Um, you know, to have them to see them, you know, struggle to get up off the couch, struggle to you know put their shoes on and yeah. stuff like that, or or they can't play with their kill their children, grandchildren, stuff like that. That that's the that's the sad part, and that's what you need to be strong for, and to be able to continue to do to just just to enjoy your life regularly, and that's that's what matters, right? A hundred percent, it does. And and I also want to stress here that even if you haven't strength trained very much or at all, and you're in the middle age category, um, it's not too late for you to start at all. And, and that's the beauty of this, right? Um, a lot of times people feel like though, strength training means I've got, they envision power lifters, right? They envision people lifting hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And they say, I can't do that. That's not what that means. That's where they are. Maybe after years and years and years of putting in time and work and whatever, but lifting heavy weight, as you alluded to earlier, it's relative to where you are. What's heavy for you now, it's probably not going to be heavy for you months, year, whatever down the road, right? I'm, I mean, I'm opening my rowing sets now with 70. I couldn't do that even probably five months ago, you know? So it's, it's a matter of starting where you are and, and heavy is relative to you and building upon that consistently over time. Yeah. I think that it's easy to get into the trap of comparing yourself to, you know, fitness professionals or powerlifters or athletes and whatever. But if you really pay attention to these people, as they age, their their goals change. And, and mm. I think the easiest example or the, maybe the most drastic example is Dorian Yates. Dorian Yates, for anyone who doesn't know, was you know one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time, won Mr. Olympia multiple times, big, huge monster, tons of muscles, lifting super heavy weights. But now if you look at what Dorian does, he's into yoga, meditation. He just wants to move and feel good in his body, right? Yeah. And so at that time in his life when he was young and raging, you know, that's what he wanted to do is build yeah. all that muscle. But that doesn't like that's not what most people want to do. That was important at that time. But, you know, as time goes on, other things become much more important. And and that's and that's really where the magic is. So to not compare yourself to the people who are chasing, you know, big numbers in the gym or big muscles and stuff like that. I think it's a great point because I mean, even my goals have changed over this seven. Like I started working with Jordan as he was my one on one coach started seven years ago, maybe something like that. He still writes all of my programming to, to this day. And, um, I started with him thinking I wanted a power lift. Like that was my big goal. And as I started working, no, you know what? I had more physicals. Like I wanted to build some muscle, um, and, and see what I could do with that. And so that's kind of where I'm at now, but what's really interesting now. And, and even since I've been like I'm 61. So I swear to God, since I turned 60, my body has like, whoa, it's been a little bit of a change. Like there are some things right now that like that nag me a little bit more than it did even three years ago. So I'm, I'm consistently shifting goals. Um, and, and I give myself performance goals in the gym all the time. And that hundred pound row is one of them that I've just been chipping away at over time. But, you know, like deadlifting, that used to feel really good to me. It doesn't feel so great right now. So I'm not trying to push weight and deadlifts anymore. I've stripped my deadlift back almost to square one. And I'm just doing it now because I want to focus on my form and all that, but I want it to be fun. I want it to feel good, you know? So I'm over lifting. I got to lift 275. No, you know what? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't have to lift that much weight and I can still get benefits from that. I can still enjoy it and, and work and work my way back to something someday. You know, I mean, it's you, you are constantly adjusting and, and, you know, little bumps in the road happen. If you get a little nicked up here, there, whatever. I mean, you adjust 
you never have to stop. You just readjust in what your training might look like. Like, like my hips been a little bit sore recently. So there are some things I'm not doing right now, which is fine. I'll come back to them later. You know I mean? It's just, we, we, we constantly, um, kind of reconfigure how, how we work based on how we're feeling and, and, and what's going on in our lives. Yeah. I think, you know, unless someone is a professional power lifter, and you have to squat, bench, and deadlift, you don't have to do any exercises. Yeah, squat, right. bench, and deadlift are all fantastic exercises. There's millions of fantastic exercises, but you don't have to do them if they hurt, if you, for some reason, hate them. And, you know, they're, I think I like to be careful about that because hating it doesn't mean it's hard. Bulgarian split squats suck. But if you just, if you say you hate them because they're hard to do, well, then, you know, maybe you just got to suck that up a little bit and, and, and get it done. But if it genuinely hurts and, you know, something like that, then by all means, you know, you shouldn't do them. But I wanted to just, there's two important points you brought up there, and we'll come back to the second one. But I wanted you to talk about the performance-based goals, because this is something that uh, you and Jordan speak about very often, and I think mm-hmm. it is very important. So I kind of want you to just like define it and, and tell me about how you think about it and how you use that. I think this is such an important thing to talk about, um, because I feel like everyone who wants to lose weight, whatever, gets so hung up on the scale, the number, blah, 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 blah. That's where the, the attention goes. And then because all the attention is there, there's not a whole lot of attention on what am I doing to get to that goal? What are, what are my efforts like? What is my consistency like? And so oftentimes we get too hung up on all this. So we both are such huge comp- uh, proponents of getting a performance-based goal in the gym. Now, a lot of people will say, yeah, I, I work out because I want to build muscle and get strong. Well, so does every other person on this planet. You know, <laughs> I mean, this sounds great. But that to me, that doesn't mean a lot because what, what will happen when you have a goal like that is you'll go into the gym and you will work out. You're just going to go in, check your box, do your thing, whatever. There's no drive behind it. There's no focus to it. Um, I like to take the concept of working out and turn it into training. It becomes training when you're training has a focus. So I'll use my, my goals right now. I want to row a hundred pound dumbbell. There's no real logic behind why I want to do it. I saw it sitting on the rack. I'm like, damn, it's there. I want to row it. I mean, okay. (laughs) So, so now I get programmed rows where I have to play around with weight. Some of the variations are really tough. So I can't row as heavy with that variation, but I am, it's getting me stronger to ultimately get where I want to go. And I'm focused on getting those in and doing those. Um, I have a goal of doing multiple reps with um, 45 pounds strapped to my waist for a chin up. Right. Um, And this is something I'm doing on my own. I am focused. So I, I make sure I touch chin ups at least two or three times a week weighted just to make sure I'm greasing the groove kind of a little bit. And I, I, I am progressively working my way up. I've gotten one rep. I want to get like three, right? So I'm working my way. So what's happening here is that my, my training now has a purpose, a specific purpose. And I feel like when we start focusing on those purposes, those goals, the other goals that we have like weight loss or building muscle, those are going to happen when we focus on this, right? Um, And it makes training more fun. You have a purpose with what you're doing, you're focused, you're going to see drastic improvements in your training when you are more focused is what I think. Yeah, I think that's so great. I mean, so much of getting in the gym is just being consistent. And it's very hard to be consistent at something that you're not even aiming at anything. Uh, We all wanna be healthier, we all wanna lose weight and build muscle, obviously, like you said. 
But you know, what's going to get you out of bed to go to the gym on the day when you don't want to do it, right? Is it just, yeah. oh, I want to be healthy? Well, that's not yeah. usually yeah. enough, right? Yeah, yeah great. Yeah. But you know, I want to get that 100-pound row. Like, that's going to get your butt into the gym and, and get you working, right? And, and, and I always talk about this as well as like just approaching things from a, from a positive mindset. Instead of losing weight, we can think about gaining strength, gaining 100%. athleticism, gaining something else. And I think that, that that mentality is just a little bit stronger and, and will push you, you know, to actually reach whatever goals that one has. You and I are on such the same page because I was just about to say that um, I feel like people in general view exercise from a, this is, I exercise to lose weight. I exercise to lose fat. That's why we exercise because the amount of times I get asked every day, how much cardio should I be doing to lose weight? You shouldn't be doing any cardio to lose weight. You should be doing cardio to improve your heart health, to make your joints feel better, you know, to improve your mental health. That's why you should do cardio and you strength train not to lose fat. You strength train to build muscle, to get stronger, to make your joints better, to increase bone density, you know, to make your functional life better. So when we start viewing exercise that way, like you said, it's more purpose-driven as well. And, and I think once people do that and they view exercise in that way, I think they find they have, they make more progress, you know, because when you start looking at exercise from the way to lose weight, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to spin your wheels. And it's not a healthy relationship with exercise because what you're going to start doing is you're going to start thinking, well, this isn't working. I need to do more. I'm not doing enough of it. When that's not it at all. It's just that what you're doing currently, you're not bringing any intensity to what you're doing. You know, there's lack of focus. That's what you need to change. You know, the whole more is not better thing. You know, better is better. So take what you're doing and make it better. You know, it's, it's like you, you see a workout on a piece of paper and you look at it and you're like, that's it? Okay, here's the thing. It's going to be that's it if you don't bring anything to it. Yeah, sure. (laughs) It's going to be, that's it. Of course. But you're responsible for the intensity. You're responsible for making that workout challenging. So what are you going to do to make that easy looking workout more challenging? You know, I think that's super important because I think we we just judge a book by the cover. And, And as you know, that's a big mistake with workouts, right? Yeah, you can you can look at like, you know, sort of a beginner workout programming and and one might think oh that's super basic. And then you might look at, you know, someone who's been in the gym for a little while, thinks they kind of know what they're doing, an intermediate trainee, and and that's when you'll see like, you know, tons of different exercises and fancy stuff and too many things. And then you'll look at an advanced trainee's program and then you'll compare it to the beginner and be like, "Well, hold on a second. Wait. These are these are like which one is which? They're they're the same. Just one of this them has a little bit same. heavier weights. <laughs> exactly. One of them just has a little bit heavier weights because you realize over time that the exercises are not magic. All of the best exercises have already been invented. Nobody is going to come up with a better back squat. You know, you might have different implements and different variations and and whatever, but there are very rarely like new things that are invented. You just got to do the things that work <laughs> and do them with some some intensity. Like you got to bring it when you get to the gym. A hundred percent. And, and I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. Um, they just go and they check the box. I worked out today, you know, um, instead of, um, let me see, I have three sets of that dumbbell row. The first set I'm whipping out my, you know, reps pretty easy. And if, and then you don't change weight, you keep just doing this easy thing, right? You will not make progress that way, you know, and, and, and I tell people that everyone overanalyzes, well, how much weight should I use? How much should I do it for all three sets? Or I'm like, you know what, (laughs) 
stop overthinking this. You know, if it's, if the last two or three reps are pretty easy for you, you're not moving enough weight, go to the next weight. Well, what if I can't do all the reps? Get as many as you can. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I, because I am that person, if I have 10 reps and I add a new weight and I only can get five of them, okay. I put that weight down after five. I'll go get the easier weight and I will finish out my reps because I want to get my reps in. Right. But now my goal is to get that other set now with all reps with this new weight. Right. That's how you keep pushing yourself to get stronger and to build more muscle is to keep pushing the envelope, not waiting till everything is perfect. Tie it up in a nice little bow. Now I can proceed five pounds more. Yeah. Hell with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got it. You got to take those chances a little bit. I remember like, you know, when I first started training and I've told this story a while ago on the podcast with my buddy, Matt, for anybody who's listening, the first time, uh, you know, our, our biggest training goal was we wanted to dumbbell bench press the hundred pound dumbbells. And yeah. for, a, for a couple of weeks, and again, it's like for, for what, just because, you know, we wanted to. <laughs> right. And, and so, you know, for a couple of weeks we were kind of both, and he was ahead of me, he's much bigger than me, but you know, we were stuck at the 95. And then finally, there's something, you know, just like in our head about like getting to that hundred. And then finally, when we, you know, got the, got the, the courage to do it, it was pretty easy, <laughs> like relatively, right? Because we were ready. We were just scared to do it, but you've got to yeah. take those leaps. And if you fail, I mean, obviously, you know, be safe in your lifts and, and whatever, and, you know, ask someone to help you if, if it's a dangerous lift or something like that. But, you know, you got, you got to take the chances to push the boundaries on those things. Otherwise, like you said, Susan, you're, you're never going to progress. No. And, and I think so- something to be said here too is, Going up in weight doesn't mean if you were using 20 pounds, you look all the way down there at the end of the rack and get that 80 pounder. You know, that's (laughs) not what increasing weight means, because I think that's what a lot of people kind of internalize it as. It means if you were using 20 pounds, you go to the next one. That might be 22.5. That might be 25. Whatever the next one is, that's what you go to. So there is an there obviously is an element of being smart, because if you do it that way, the chances of you like getting hurt or doing anything stupid is is really not a factor. If you went from a 20 pound dumbbell, let me see what I can do with that 50 down there. Yeah, that's kind of dumb, right? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. That's where you're opening yourself up. And, and most people don't do that. But I think it needs to be said because I don't want people, especially older people like me that aren't as familiar with all of this to think that it's a prerequisite that you have to be down in that end of the rack where all the heavy stuff is, right? No, you do you and whatever that number is, but always make sure you're challenging yourself. Again, strength training is not supposed to be comfortable. There has to be a level of discomfort there, uh, uncertainty, whatever you want to call it, if you want to make progress. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the biggest benefits of the gym outside of the gym is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Because yeah. if you can do it in the weight room, you know, in a relatively controlled environment, when you have to have a, an uncomfortable conversation in your life or, a, you know, an uncomfortable confrontation or, you know, something bad happens in your life, like you've spent some time, you know, being uncomfortable. And so you're not going to have that like panic response of, yep. oh my God, the, the world is ending. I don't know what to do. Like, you yep. know, if you've been, you know, pinned under a bar before, you know, there's some heavy weight on your back. Like, you know, yeah, you know, we all, we've all <laughs> we been all there. <laughs> like, and, and you realize, hey, it's okay. I, I survived. I'm good. Then, I'm good. then, you know, when that stuff happens in the real world, you, I think you'll just be, you know, better prepared for all of it. A hundred percent. You know, and, and I also want to reiterate here too, that lifting heavy weight doesn't mean that you have to use a barbell. And I think a lot of people are intimidated by that. And I would totally understand that. Right. Um, 
there's many ways that you can lift heavier. I mean, weights come in all different kind of configurations, right? It's not just a bar and plates. Um, so there are heavy dumbbells, you know, there are heavy kettlebells, whatever. There, there's a lot, there are cable machines. There, there's a lot of ways to have weight. But I do want to say this, and, and I, literally I was creating a post about this for, for sometime in the future, because I get this all the time with the pandemic and everything this past year or so, more people are working out from home, right? And people always are asking me, well, how can I build muscle like the gym, but do it from home with a pair of 10 pound dumbbells? I'm like, you won't. (laughs) I mean, the honest to God's truth is if you want to replicate the gym at home, you better have a gym at home. Yeah. I mean, that's the way you replicate it. There's no like little shortcuts that we can tell you, you do this with your 10 pound dumbbells. That's going to be the same as you lift in that 90 pound dumbbell. No, it's not the same, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that you can't make some kind of progress doing body weight or you or variations that will put your muscles under tension longer periods of time, like slow, slow lowering, slow eccentrics, um, half reps, adding a pause, things like that will make it more challenging. But at some point, if you legitimately want to build muscle, you have to have access to weight. I mean, you just have to, there's no way to circumvent that. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's something that kind of really bothered me as this thing, like, you know, the, the COVID stuff uh, progresses because a lot of, you know, you know, the influencer type YouTube follow along workouts were like, you know, the same results as the gym at home. And you know what, for like the first month, maybe the second month, yeah, you could get great workouts, but you know, great. how many, how many sets of, you know, jumping jacks and push-ups and stuff are you are you gonna do? Like at some point it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna it's it would be the same as if you were bench pressing the 20 pound dumbbells and then you just did that for like three months. It's not gonna help you anymore, right? No. And, and you know, I mean I don't want to discourage anybody. That's not my point. I want I am I am told all the time that I am brutally honest. I am no, you know, no bullshit, no, no fuss, no muss. And that's what this kind of is, because what's going to happen is you're going to be constantly spinning your wheels. I'm trying to prevent that from happening for you by going down a road where you think that you can replicate your gym at home with basically nothing. Now, what you might want to do is start looking at a pair of adjustable dumbbells. That's always like my number one thing to get at home Mm -hmm. because you can do just about anything with those. And I know they cost money. Some of them are not super outrageously expensive for what you get, but start saving some money because if you're going to continue to work out at home and you want to build some muscle, that investment's going to be worth it. Every single penny, it will be worth it for you. Um, but, but like you said, can you make some improvements? Of course you can, especially if you're newer to working out. Body weight's a great place to start. You can make body weight challenging. I mean, no doubt about that. And you can buy some bands and incorporate those and other things. But really, people people want to build muscle without lifting heavy weight and it just can't be done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like at, at home, you can also adjust your goals so you can yeah. work on your cardio. Maybe it's time to actually work on your cardio, not do yeah. it for fat loss, but try and increase your or, or decrease your, your mile time or ride your bike for longer or whatever. Work on your mobility. You know, we all probably need to do a little bit more of that. Oh, and that doesn't Jesus, really require yes. much equipment. Right. Yeah. And, and so you can actually, you know, train that. And so, you know, just going back to the, you know, pe- people being comfortable, one thing I notice in the gym here, and, and I don't know if all public gyms are like this, but I kind of feel like it is like, there's one squat rack in the gym and there's like, you know, three leg presses and, you know, 15 preacher curl stations and arm, you know, bicep curl things. And, and the first time I saw that, I was like, oh man, like it's going to be a, a ruckus to get the squat rack every time I walk in here. 
I've never had trouble getting the squat rack because nobody uses it because you know people are comfortable doing 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 bicep curls and and not you know actually squatting deadlifting you know getting to getting you know lifting some heavy weights and and doing stuff that's hard right so you know don't be afraid to to push yourself it's not supposed to tickle not at all not at all and it's interesting you bring that up because my current gym I think we have three racks um and big space for deadlifting and and whatever right there new facilities um, varied, but everything's right on top of each other in these new facilities and it gets lost. Like I had to find, I had to look around to find where these pieces of equipment were because there's a sea of machines, which is fine. I mean, machines have their purpose and whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, um, it, it's interesting. A lot of the bigger gyms cater to that kind of thing. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with machines, of course. No. I, mean, I I use machines that I think they're great tools and whatever, yeah. but the, the issue is when you're using a machine because it's easier, that's where it like, you know, it becomes problematic and then you never get off the machine because, well, I just like the way this one feels. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Exactly. I like I like the way it feels when I'm asleep too. Yeah, exactly. I think machines serve a great purpose. I'll I'll especially uh, for me for quads, um, I'll use machines there a lot just because um from a knee perspective, it's it's by far a better uh, way to access some quad stuff without your knees kind of going crazy. I'm, my knees are fine, but um, ju- just an example, you know, that versus sissy squats, you know, I mean, the the, yeah. the, the relationship on the knees are quite different. But um, yeah, I, I love machines. I think they serve a purpose. Absolutely. But they're not a crutch. You don't yeah. want to use them as a crutch. Absolutely. I want to go back to another point that you made and as you know as the body changes and more specifically this is also a question from from a follower client of mine so mm. it's it's good that it worked in um as the female body changes we get older are there different things that one needs to think about in terms of training and progressing in strength and athleticism you know working through and around menopause um Interesting, um, because I think people think that there are some certain tips or tricks for menopause people, you know, for those of us that are, were in it or are beyond it or whatever. And here's the bottom line. No, <laughs> I mean, in, in a big generalization, no. Now, that being said, everybody experiences this time of life differently, right? And the symptoms that can come along with all of this can change behaviors. And I think that's where things get dicey, especially nutritionally, right? Um, we think that we have to do some God awful something in order to lose weight in menopause. And the reality is you don't, but the reality is you have to be aware and honest of what these menopausal behavior um, symptoms are causing you um, to do differently, such as your the lack of sleep that can happen, which is can be massive, can cause you to want to eat more. And if you're not aware of that and not prepared to try and deal with that, then you could be eating yourself right into you know a, a surplus and out of your goals. So it's not necessarily menopause itself that is the issue. It's how we react to the behaviors, which are, are, they're normal. I mean, this happens, right? Um, from a training perspective, the best thing you can do is to get in the gym and lift as heavy weight as you can, as consistently as you can, because I will tell you, I don't know if there's any research on this. I think there is a little bit, but that, though, that helped my symptoms tremendously. Did it cure them or get rid of them? No, but it sure made it a whole lot easier for me to go to sleep, stay asleep and be able to function the next day. Now, not every day was like that, 
there are, there are times where I had miserable sleep um, and I had to get up and go work at the school. And so it was just, you know, a long day, whatever. And, and I was munching probably more than normal, all that kind of stuff. But I really feel like for us in, in this time of life, we stop looking for the little special exercises or the special whatevers. What we need to do is be on top of what our goals are. And if our goals are to lose fat, we need to be on top of that. We need to be, we need to track. We need to be meticulous with what we're doing. We want to be at least 80, 85% consistent and be honest about that, by the way, and not talk ourselves into, yeah, I'm consistent when you're really not, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we, I don't think we have a lot of wiggle room as maybe somebody 20 years younger than us has. So that means the reins got to be pulled in tighter. So I think that's a big one. And then training, you got to be consistent with that. If you can still build muscle, can I build muscle the same as a 25 year old woman? No, probably not. Uh, no, but I put my efforts up against 25 year olds all the time. I'm working as hard as they are without a doubt. I'm working as hard as they are. And I'm seeing results from that. Now, they are what they are at age 61, right? But th the point is, I'm not doing anything different. Yeah, I'm just not. I, I might not be lifting 300 pounds off the floor, but I don't have to. You know, right. if I want to continue to do this for the rest of my life, which is my goal, deadlifting 300 pounds is not a priority for me anymore. It was at one point, you know, but it's just not. I'm finding ways that work for me. I'm loving the journey, which is really the whole focus here. You've got to love what you're doing and um, focus on that. And that's why the performance goals are so important. And that's, you know, keeps you driven, but really we just need to pull the reins in nutritionally, get consistent with everything and hit it. Yeah. You know? I think, I think that that's a very, very good answer. Very well thought out answer. And like all of these things, anything that happens in, in one's body, man, woman, or otherwise, or any stage of life, it's very individualized, right? If you're, if you're feeling, you know, super tired and whatever, maybe that's not the best day to like, you know, push it in the gym. Maybe that's yeah. the day to like, you know, take, take your foot off the gas, maybe just go for a walk or, or whatever. But when you're feeling it, then, then, then push it, right? Give it, give it all you got. I, I, it's so funny. You mentioned that I've had this past week, two workout days where I felt like that, like, Ah, you know, I, and, and maybe one was last week when I found out the, the gym was closing, I literally sat in my car and made a video on how I was not motivated. I felt like crap. Oh, I was going to go in. I had realtered my workout for that day a little bit because I knew, you know, I just knew, but I wanted to get something in because I knew I'd feel better. So I'm doing this whole spiel. Then <laughs> I go in and walk in the door and find out my gym's closing. And I'm like, <laughs> If there was ever a time for somebody to turn around and walk back out and say, screw it today, I'm done. That would have been it. That would have been me that day. But I went upstairs. My workout was not great. It, I got it done. I did feel better afterwards. You know, it happens, right? It happens. And it's, it, I, I would say you will, you will have days where you may not even get to the gym because you are so lacking sleep or whatever. That's okay. Give yourself a break. Like you said, maybe go for a walk or something and then try to get a really good night's sleep the next night, do the best you can with that and set yourself up for the next day. I mean, that's all we can do, right? It's never going to be perfect. We have to let that go. You know, um, as much as we would like to be on, 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 on all the time, it's not a reality. Exactly. And, and there's no finish line. If you miss no. your workout today and so now your goal is like, uh, you know, you're pushed back by a week. Okay. Because, yeah, you, you know, know what happens when you when you hit that goal, like 
you're just going to set another goal. You don't just stop going to the gym and stop, you know, you're not just going to die and then that's it. <laughs> you got something else to go. So there's no, you know, the finish line is, is never. So whether it takes a week longer, you know, who yep. cares? I so agree with this. And I truly think that concept, like getting rid of that finish line mentality for me was what changed my life completely because it has been a burden that so many of us wear on our shoulders um, that we have to perform. We have to lose a certain amount of weight by a certain amount of time. We're wasting our time. If it's not, you know, all of these things that we're telling ourselves, right. It's all emotional based, right. And, and it, there's no logic to it, but once you can embrace that, there's no finish line, it's a relief. It's like, Oh my God, no, I don't have to go to the gym today with a hundred degree fever. You know, I mean, you know, nothing to do with code, but I'm just using that. You you feel like crap. You're forcing yourself to go to the gym because you feel like you have to, because if you don't, you're not going to make any more progress. You know, it's all down the tubes when you should just stay home and rest. You know, there's that. And then the other extreme to that, if you're doing that more often than not, that's a problem too, right? I mean, so obviously there's a gray area here, right? I always have to mention that because there's always somebody that points that out. (laughs) Always. The wonders wonders of the internet, right? I I just feel like you, you have to get rid of that. And it's not easy to do because I think it's been ingrained in so many of us for so long. But- it's, it's a conversation you have with yourself. And I talk about this a lot recently about the emotional voices that take over in our head and they tell us all this crap that we believe hook, line, and sinker. And the finish line is one of those things, right? That we're not going fast enough. We got to da, 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 all these things. And the logic voices are just sitting in the back of our head and they're, they're going for a ride. And it's like, they've got to come up and, and start beating the crap out of those emotional voices. And we have to do that by having conversations with ourselves saying, no, wait a minute, I'm not going to lose progress if I don't go to the gym today. You know, that's stupid. And, and really make those conversations happen because with practice, you will find they get easier. And pretty soon those little emotional voices are like little whimpers anymore. And, and that's where, you know, we want everyone to be. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say that that same attitude from the gym and, and, you know, this concept of no finish line and whatnot, would you say that that has helped you outside of the gym in the rest of your life in continuing to learn new things, starting a business after you retired, like you said, like how, how has that relationship been for you? Yeah. You know, that's an interesting question because I really feel like it does translate to me um, in this industry. I will say this, when I first started I was intimidated by everyone younger than me. You know, I was just like, why would anybody listen to me when they could listen to them? You know, and, um, and, and Jordan helped me grow my business too. He was, he was coaching my business for a long time and, and still does. And, um, he had me just understand that, um, there's plenty of people, first of all, that need help. And it's, it's just finding my own voice, um, over time and, being confident with doing that over time, meaning being very uncomfortable in the learning process, right? And getting to where I am. But here's the interesting thing. I am so interested right now in learning. Like I'm interested in learning more about dealing with people and how to talk to people. Even though I'm a counselor by trade, I'm always wanting to learn stuff. I kind of want to learn some technology, but not a lot, a little bit. (laughs) I'm not closed to it. That still is my big intimidation in life is technology. Um, so I'm open to that. I would never have been open to learning stuff, you know, because a lot of times 
I think people think as you get older, it's exhausting thinking to learn something new. And, but that has lit a fire in me, like to keep learning. And I like that. It keeps me feeling young. And I, I realize that as I get older, you know, my life continuum is getting shorter than a lot of people. And I am fully aware of that and fully aware of making use of the time I have and um, learning as much as I can, because the more I learn and better myself, the more I could help other people do, you know, better themselves and help them too. So um, it kind of comes full circle, but it's totally related, you know, that kind of confidence. Yeah. And I think that in today's world, it's maybe different than any other time in the past because of the internet and technology, we can still continue to learn and try and do new things. Whereas, you know, a hundred years ago, you know, when you were 70 years old, you couldn't really learn new, new, new things, you know, physically you couldn't learn to, to, you know, learn a new trade at that, at that age, but we can continue to read. We can continue to, you know, be updated to, to, to learn the new phones and and the new, and the new technology that's coming out and new skills and new languages and, you know, whatever, whatever things that you might want to learn. And I think that, you know, just keeping that, keeping the brain going is probably something that's pretty important just as much. And if not more than keeping our body strong and, and physically healthy. Oh, amen to that. And that's really, um, that's been on my mind a lot, keeping the brain kind of alive and functioning and working out too. Um, I feel like that because, because as you get older, you start, you know, brain fog's real for all of us. It's real. I'll, I'll be on a, on a podcast or something and I will, I will have a thought in my head and it will just leave. <laughs> I don't know where it went. And it's just bizarre when that happens to you. Um, and it's a little disconcerting, right? It, it's a normal thing for, for this time of life, but it is a little disconcerting. And, you know, talking to people in, in the medical field and everything, you know, the best thing, the best advice anybody gives for someone getting older is to stay active mentally and physically, right? And so that's what I'm trying to do as well. And I think so it serves a purpose. It's cool to learn new things, I still think. Um, but it is keeping the brain healthy. And that's, you know, really important as well, obviously. Of course. And I want to qualify this for all my, you know, my young people out there as well, like myself, you know, so I'm, I'm 26. And so, you know, most people in and around my age, you know, we, we graduated school in the last five years. And, you know, so you got a new job, and maybe there was some training on that new job. But then, since then, have you really learned something? Like, don't think that this is just like, you know, something for people who are older who haven't learned new things. Like, there's a lot of young people who haven't taken the time to learn something new in the past three, four, five years either. So, you know, just going to work and going to your job and doing the same thing over and over again, and then you go home and you watch Netflix and you go to bed and you do it all again. That's not, that's not okay either. Don't wait until you're, until you're 70 to start learning new things. You can still do that now. And don't convince yourself that because you have a job, you're learning new things, right? Right. I, you know, I, I like that. I, I think that um, oftentimes um, the, the younger crowd, um, and, and I apply this too, when I was a school counselor with middle school kids, you know, mi- those middle school kids could not see past the next day, much less when they were, when they were going to be in high school and why I was talking to them about the importance of passing their classes now so they can be prepared in high school. Cause I know what's coming. I, I w- would always tell them, look, I've been in high school, <laughs> dude, I know what's coming for you. So let's, let's talk about what you can do now to help you later. And it's the same thing here. You know, a, a lot of times younger people don't see down the road. I didn't when I was that age. So I get it. Um, but, but the more that you can try to see how, what you do now can impact you later, you'll be so far ahead of where I am right now at my age, when you get to my age. Um, and, and that's the beauty, like my generation, 
knows more than my parents' generation did. Your generation knows more than my generation did at that age, right? And it'll keep going like that, I think. And so make use of that, you know, be aware of that, of all the things that you have access to now that you can do to help yourself and help your family and whatever and, and um, help you down the road. I think that that's such a great sentiment because, you know, we've all heard the lessons, you know, work hard, you know, enjoy your life. You know, we've all heard, we've all heard the words, but very few of us, and and, you know, I'm guilty of it to to a certain extent as well. Very few of us put into action and do something about it. So, you know, when you hear Susan saying these things, like do something about it, don't just hear and say, oh, that was such a great podcast. Susan is great. I'm going to follow her on Instagram and then not do anything about it. No. I mean, by all means, like, please follow Susan on Instagram and, and plug into everything that she's doing, but also do something about it in your life. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you are struggling to lose weight um, right, right now, I challenge every single one of you out there that's struggling to lose weight. If you've never done this, do this little exercise because it's eye-opening. Literally take a pad of paper and a pencil, not a computer, not a phone, a old fashioned <laughs> paper and pencil and have it sitting out in your kitchen. And every single time you put something in your mouth, you write it down on that piece of paper. And whether it's a bite whether it's a taste, a handful, whatever it is, a drink, it doesn't matter. Put it on that piece of paper. Don't weigh it. Don't measure it. Don't do any of that. Just write it and watch what you consume in a day, because that's going to be, if you're honest about what you're doing with that, that's going to be eye opening, Mm -hmm. especially if you've been struggling to lose, right? That alone can change behaviors. If you would just take a second to do that, that is an actionable step that every single person could do right now. Yeah, and it's such an important one, and and it and it's yeah. way before the tracking of the calories and the micronutrients yeah. and the keto, the carnivore, the it's way before all that. Is do we yeah. even know what we're putting in our mouth? If you don't, then you need to know that because it's pretty important information. And there's likely something very simple that you can do that you'll see. Oh, I have you know a small bag of chips, or I have like you know throughout the day I have like an entire thing of crackers or something just you know mindless that you don't even really register. If you just stop doing that, you'll probably start losing weight or at least stop gaining weight or, you know, something, right? Oh, well, absolutely. It, it, the, just a small change in something, you will start seeing some progress. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you know, as, as you become more aware and more comfortable, then you could get even dial it in more with tracking and weighing and all that kind of stuff. But it's fascinating how this goes because we as humans, we think we're eating not that much. And the problem is those things that we're eating don't fill us up. So we keep going back to not that much all day, right? Um, Instead of maybe creating meals that are big enough and large enough that make us feel satisfied. So we don't need all the little bits and pieces, you know, throughout the course of the day, things like that, not, not super significant changes, just a way that you can reorganize things, you know, but it's, um, it is a place to start awareness. You know, it's awareness with everything, right? In everything in life, you have to be aware. And this is just another one of those things. And real important, once you're aware and honest, and I use the word honest, because I think that's super important to, to hammer home. You know, you have the handfuls of things that you're not putting on that piece of paper. You're not doing any, you're not doing yourself any favors whatsoever. You need to be brutally honest with yourself, put it on that piece of paper, and then start looking at it. And see, oh, you know what? I really didn't need those five handfuls of chips or whatever it was. Yeah, you're only you're only cheating yourself by doing yeah, that. And I think even just to kind of go one small step above what you were saying there is like with all the work from home and, and staying at home for extended periods of time with clients and people that I've talked to, I've noticed a lot of people are not really having meals so much anymore. 
Yeah. They're just kind of grazing all day and yep. lunch, dinner, it's all just kind of one and the same. And so like, you know, that just adds up like crazy. But if you sit down, you have lunch and then you stop eating and then you have dinner and then you stop eating, like you, you'll be way much more in control of your food. Yeah, that no, that's a great point. And that's exactly what I've seen happening too. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, crazy times. Um, I want to give you a chance to to let us know about uh, about your book, your podcast and, and all that. Oh, sure. So um, I wrote a book called Fit at Any Age. It's never too late. It's out on Amazon. And it's basically a fitness memoir. I guess it's 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 the story of all the dumb fitness mistakes I made through the course of decades. Um, and so many people have responded saying, oh, my God, this could have been me. I mean, we all did these things. Yeah. If you're my age, you will recognize everything that I did. And you probably did one or several of them too, one of which was eating these little chocolate squares that were supposedly appetite suppressants. I don't remember their <laughs> names, but I distinctly remember eating them and thinking, oh, these taste like chocolate. <laughs> and they were. Um, but it, it, it that's what the book is. It's a very easy read. Um, just a little bit about all those things that I did um, and how I turned it around, like how I hired Jordan and what that process was like and what working with him and how that changed me. Um, and then getting into the inner circle and how the, the confidence I started feeling bled into that. Um, and then a how-to section at the end where I tell you, look, if you want to lose weight, here's what I recommend you do. And then some sample workouts at the end too. So it's super easy. It's not like a challenging read by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it will be, um, entertaining and relatable. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the biggest part. It's just that it's relatable that, you know, us fitness people, again, I know I'm using air quotes. You won't see the video of this, but we're just regular people too. We've yeah. made all the mistakes. We've done all yep. the things and we want you to not do those things. So Yeah. And, and I just wanted to hammer home too, that it's the whole point here is that um, I made all these mistakes, but I could still change it around. And I was in my fifties. I am. Not, I don't have genetics on my side. I am not an athlete. None of that stuff. It is. I just made the changes and I have worked hard. Yeah. And that means that anyone can do that. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know? it's, it's, it's inspiring to see your story. And, you know, I've personally learned so much just from following you and Jordan, the stuff that you guys put out is, is fantastic. And, and anyone who's looking for, you know, that group community, your inner circle is a, is a great community. Like it's just, it's, it's the good people, the good people of fitness doing real things for, for real people, not Oh, get super jacked and shredded in 30 days and six packs yeah. in six weeks. It's not that. And, and, no. <laughs> you know, if you, if you like that kind of stuff, then, you know, if that's getting you off the couch, I'm of the mind that, Hey, that's okay. But when you're ready to like, you know, do something real, then you, you got to find, you got to find the good guys and girls in fitness. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. I also have a podcast, the strong and lean at any age podcast. And I, I have, I brought on guests and I'm also starting to do a bunch of, um, kind of solo podcast. I'm going to start calling them rants, I think, because I think, <laughs> I think I'm getting more in rant mode recently with things that, that, that keep coming up. Um, and, and I, it just, it, it bothers me that people fall for some of these things. And I, I just go on these tangents and these rants. So, um, I'm doing some more of those. And then I have a pretty extensive YouTube channel with a lot of videos, uh, resources for, um, you know, middle-aged people and our struggles. Exactly. No, I think I think the rant thing is a good is a good angle for the podcast because it also gives you the freedom to be a little bit less polished when you call it a rant <laughs> and it's not like a lecture. <laughs> and as someone who is a you know a fellow podcaster, I think yeah. that that's that's like extremely valuable. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for that. I think I will run with this. To be honest, <laughs> of course, of course. No, I'm excited to hear it. I've listened to many of your episodes and and I think they're great. Um, is there any other message that you want to kind of leave the people with here in closing? I think the biggest message I would want to leave with people is, is this, that um, whatever your goals are, 
uh, it is not too late. Hence the subtitle of my book. It's, it's never too late to change whatever you want to change. You have to decide to do it. You, you have to be consistent and, and unfortunately you have to be patient too. But as, as, as we have talked earlier, um, and we were talking about the no finish line mentality, if you can start to embrace that concept get that weight off your shoulders, so many things fall into place. Um, just because the burden is gone, right? Now you can enjoy life um, and while you work towards your goals. And really, isn't that the whole point? Because if you're miserable, what's the point? Uh, our lives are, we're not here forever. And as I'm getting older, I really feel this more and more and more. And I am all about taking advantage of when we're here, what we're doing and enjoying you know, everything along the way. And, and I guess the point here is you can lose weight and enjoy your life. You can build muscle and enjoy your life. I mean, you can do it all. You just have to decide to do it. And there, there are people like you and me out there to help people all along the way. Um, so yeah, I, I think that is the important message. It, it's never too late. So get out there and do it. I love it. That's beautiful, Susan. Um, one more time, rattle off your Instagram and where people can get, get a hold of you. Yep. Everything is Susan Niebergall Fitness. Um, and it's N-I-E-B-E-R because if you spell it wrong, it never pops up. Um, Instagram, I'm out there a lot. Um, Facebook, YouTube, all Susan Niebergall Fitness, Strong and Lean at Any Age podcast and Fit at Any Age is never too late. The book. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I'll include all that in the show notes as well. Perfect. If you weren't taking notes um, while you're at it, um, give me a follow on Instagram as well at Daniel yours, subscribe to the podcast, you know, leave a rating and review. All that stuff goes a long way and just spreading this good message, getting Susan's message more out there as well. Um, so thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Susan, so much for your time. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun and I hope we can get to do this again uh, at some point in the future. Um, and that's that. so much for having me. Of course. Pleasure is all mine. Bye-bye everybody. <laughs>